What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Hello and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, the only podcast where the two of us are both growing pandemic beards and I still look like I have no idea what I'm doing. So, <laughs> Jeremiah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give you props. Like we talked to Darwin you know, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh, I was giving you both props for those beards and man, you are, you're looking pretty robust in the beard section right now. Well, thank you. I think that um, we're going on nine months now. And what? It's not. I don't know why that was funny to me, but for some reason, when you said that, I almost spit my coffee out all over myself. It's uh, the gestation period of a beard. Oh, nice. I guess so. I don't know. My plan is to uh, basically let it keep growing until I can see my friends from the long trail. And then once they get to see it in person, shave it off. I don't think you should ever shave it off. I definitely. I think I think what would be great is if you could grow it down to around your belly button area and then braid that bad boy and look like a like a Viking or something. You know, I think that would be that would be the ideal. I have a, a friend that I work with at school, and he has one down to his belly button, even braided. Looks great. You need to do that. I can't do it, man. Bright red, man. Then we'll be like, we'll have um, like competing beards. It'll be like, oh, you're trying to be like Mr. Luke, aren't you? And I'll be like, no, no he's trying to be like me. No, what you do is you say, you say. You say, yes, I am. He's, yes. a, he's a good man, and you should be trying to be like him, too. <laughs> I aspire to be like him. That's right. Actually, whenever I started backpacking, I went to him for advice. I don't even oh, really? know why, either. Like, I guess I just thought, since he has a beard, he probably <laughs> likes the outdoors. <laughs> or maybe I was just asking around, and I was like, who can I talk to? And he was telling me about one thing that he does to make fires like whenever he's going backpacking, yeah, he takes those like little cardboard egg trays. You can just you know buy your eggs in that instead of the styrofoam, and then put some uh, li- um, dryer lint, and then drop candle wax on it, and then you that's like your tinder. Like I I just now candle wax. Yeah, explain the candle wax part to me. I don't understand that part. Well, I mean, of course, candles like they got wax and they got a wick, and the wax it burns slowly, so. That's what allows a candle to burn so long. So the thought is is that you take any candle you have and you light it, and then after you stick your dryer lint into, um, you know, you save it, and you stick it into the egg cartons, like just a little slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even with a 12-pack of eggs, like a dozen, you have, you know, 24 little pieces of tinder. So you stick your dryer lint in there, you light your candle, and let it drip into it. And then it's like a little mini candle. That's insane. I know. So. I've been saving dryer lint. We, we have a fire pit. And so we always use dryer lint to start the fires yeah. in our fire pit. And um, usually when I go backpacking, I don't take it for that because it doesn't burn long enough typically. Yeah. I so. cheat. I use those little... Um, Nesbit cubes? Well, they're kind of like a Nesbit cube, but they don't smell. I, I, mine smell. Oh, they smell like fish? Oh, I don't know, what, I don't know if it's fish, but it smells awful. And I've got a, I've got a whole bag of them back in my closet or my storage area you know what mine smell like what's that lighter fluid (laughs) well actually this leads into something i want to talk about today that's extremely flammable by the way yeah exactly (laughs) it it doesn't burn for very long though no always you know whenever i first started grilling 
I had a lot of trouble getting the charcoal to burn down. And I never wanted to buy, like, the match light, so I buy regular. I was always like, I don't want that match light because I think that my food is going to taste like lighter fluid, which it probably wouldn't if I just let the charcoal completely burn down. Right, right. But I was like, I'm just going to buy the brickets that, you know, don't have lighter fluid already. What would you call them? Brickets. You mean the briquettes? Oh, my gosh. Here we go with the racism. I mean, this is racism. (laughs) Yes. How am I racist? I married a woman from eastern Kentucky. I don't know, man. I can't be racist. It's a cover, maybe? I don't know. By the way, if if this is your first time listening to the the podcast, Jeremiah has it in his head that I am southern racist, that I'm racist against anyone from the south. And it's not true, people. I'm telling you, it's not true. I, I, I love Southern people. I've lived down here actually longer than I've lived anywhere in my life, believe it or not. And and but he just he just thinks I'm he thinks I'm racist. I digress. It's all good. It's well, all good. One of these days you're gonna learn how to say vestibule too. <laughs> That's what I say. Vestibule. <laughs> what? Don't laugh at me. We're not going back down this road again. All okay, right. go back so, to your story. Sorry about that. Well, I'll make the story quick because it's really not backpacking. I don't really take charcoal backpacking. But that would be really a good video, though. <laughs> yeah, it would. a really good video. <laughs> True ultralighters bring charcoal. You know, you don't take the time to make fire. So I had a lot of trouble letting it burn down, and now I just cheated that too. I don't know. I still haven't figured it out. Are you supposed to let the lighter fluid soak in to the briquettes? There you go. Thank you. That was I good. Learned. That was nice. That was good. You're supposed to let it soak in, and then you light it and let it burn off, because lighter fluid burns off really quick. Yeah, the thing is you want to douse it pretty good, let it sit, and then light it. And then you'll usually, and, and a lot of times you'll let it sit for a little bit, then put a little bit more on it, mm-hmm. and then you light it, and usually you're good to go. Well, I bought a renewable resource, a fire chimney. You just pour yeah. the charcoal in there, stick yeah. some newspaper. Or I always take those sales papers that we never use, like the ones that you get in the mail every oh, month. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I ball some of those up, or like an old cereal box or something. Yeah. And then it burns it down real good. But anyway, what I was going to say is these, like, cheating to make fire is, it leads me into what I want to talk about today. What do you want to talk about today, Jeremiah? Because usually I'm the one that leads this, so I'm excited to hear what you want to lead us into today. Well, I'm not very original. I actually just uh, I watched Dan Becker. Shout out to him. Oh, I watched yeah. his video. And I we got to like, get Dan on this. Yeah, we need to. We need to get him on this at some point. Well, he made a video recently that was about being comfortable on trail. I was like, that's a really good topic, and you could talk all day about it. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk all day about it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So he had a few interesting points that I'm not going to hit on. If you want to hear those, go watch his video. Right. But I want to talk about some ways where you could be more comfortable on trail. So I'm going to let you start. Oh. What, what's what's one thing that you do that just helps you be a little bit more comfortable on trail, whether it's walking, whether it's sleeping, whether it's what you eat? Like, what's one thing that you do? I always bring a chair. Every single time? Every single time, except the one time Dan Becker told me not to, and I should have, because all he promised me was for not. But we won't go into that today. <laughs> and I, I don't even know if Dan listens to this podcast or not, but if he does, uh, it's, I'm, I'm joking. It, it's, it's an inside joke, and someday I'll explain it. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, I really I, I do love taking a chair with me, um, and I have created a new Helinox chair. Un, unbeknownst to Helinox, I have created the Chair Point Five. This is an official announcement. It, 
I'm I'm gonna do a video about this. I'm gonna do a video about this soon. You better patent this. I, I may I may have to, cause cause I want I want Helinox to understand like us big guys, we still want a lightweight chair, you know. And so they've got this chair called the chair one. Yeah, weighs two pounds. And they got the chair zero, which weighs one pound. Yeah. But the chair zero really doesn't hold big guys. What's the white lemon on it? Like 260, 260, 265, something like yeah. that. So big boys can't sit on that chair. It just breaks. Yeah, you can push it sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, even even the Shill Brothers have broken those chairs. Yeah, they're not. They're and they're not nowhere near that kind of weight, you yeah. know? So the, the chair one, though, is very sturdy. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they've got this huge canvas seat on it. And I, as you know, recently, I went on a backpacking trip with you and Jason Wall and and Ben McMillan, well, I guess several weeks ago now, because now <laughs> we're all in quarantine. <laughs> it was before the quarantine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, my chair broke while we were on that trip yeah. um, because I fell backwards into it and the, the leg caught and snapped, all this kind of stuff. Well, I went and, I went and ordered a chair one from REI because they had one that was like this ugly green color, mm. but it was only like 40 bucks. That's it? That was it. So I was like, well, okay, I'll buy the chair one for 40 bucks." Yeah, that's a steal. So I got it, and I noticed it, it sits higher, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I always hate how low the chair zero sits because it's way, way down. Yeah. And it's just not fun to get in and out of because it's so low. Yeah. Um, but the chair one sits about four or five inches higher. And uh, so it doesn't seem like much, but it's a lot. Yeah. And I, I really like the chair. And so... Um, but I realized that the the seat itself was the same size as the chair zero, so like, I took I talk about the canvas. Yeah, the the fabric part of it. Yeah, that you put over the yeah, the way it works. The is actual like, seat, yeah, it's a collapsible frame that comes together, and then you stretch the seat over it. Yeah, and like hooks in four corners. Yeah, it's it's similar. It's like a a chair cot basically. Yeah. So, um, but I I took the fabric chair part from my chair zero, and put it on my chair one, and it fit perfectly. And in some ways, it fit a little bit better than the big canvas thing that was on there. And so I decided to weigh it. You know how much that thing weighs? With, 25 pounds. With, with the chair zero fabric and the chair one frame. What was the weight of the chair zero? Chair zero is one pound. And what's the weight of the other one? Two pounds. 1.5. It is one and a half pounds. <laughs> it is one and a half pounds, dude. I'm telling you, it's the chair point five. And so I'm going to add a half a pound to my pack, which, nah. I mean, it's eight ounces. It's half a pound of food you could have brought. <laughs> you're all, you love that food. <laughs> yeah. I think I know what you're going to talk about bringing. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's super comfortable. And I have, I'm going to patent this name, the Chair Point Five, and I'll sell it to a Helinox for, for a, a hefty price so that I can <laughs> buy more backpacking gear, probably from them. So... <laughs> Uh, I think you may have blown the uh, yeah I blew the selling it. part. I may I may have to do this before this podcast comes out. We may have to hold <laughs> this one. We have to shelf this for a while. Um, but how about you, man? What's something that you always bring with you? I am still on the search for the perfect one. Haven't found it, but every single time, I always, always bring a pillow. Heck yeah, always. On my first backpacking trip, I didn't. And that was a mistake. And I also didn't bring a sleeping pad. So You didn't bring a sleeping pad? No. I slept in the shelters in the Smokies on the wood slat. And you slept on the ground? Well, not on the ground, on the on the wood. Oh, still. In the shelter. Yeah, still. that's awful. I remember there's the, I may have mentioned this before, there's these beautiful people 
beautiful, lovely. They were like, they called themselves uh, trail hoppers. Or no, not trail hoppers, shelter hoppers. They went, they were um, hiking the AT, but they didn't have time to hike the whole thing. And they were much older, like close to 70, I think. So oh, that's much cool. Older than that's me. cool. And they were, one of them was, I think, a retired nurse, and the other was a retired um, vet, like former military. Yeah, yeah. And they were only hiking from shelter to shelter each day. And they had Z, um, Z-light soles or whatever those are called, like the full, it's like a Z-seat. Yeah, yeah. But it's full body. Some right, right. Some people actually use them for pads. Yeah. Way too thin. But they said, hey, this is my last night on trail. And it was like a, a four or five day trip or whatever. And they were like, these are just our luxury items. Do you want to, uh, or I asked them, I was like, are you guys not using those? Because they were going to bed. And they're like, no, they're a luxury items. And I was like, do you think that I could stack those and sleep on them? I've been sleeping on the wood slats for the last two or three nights. And they let me. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was a terrible night's sleep, but still a lot better than the a previous night. better night. than sleeping on, on a hardwood, yeah. But I didn't bring a pillow. I guess I just laid on my arm or something. I remember my, um, my father-in-law, he brought... Or he didn't bring a pillow either. You know what he's using as a pillow? What's that? His boot. <laughs> he's sleeping on his boot. How is that comfortable? <laughs> I don't know, but he made it. And you know what? He has like really bad back problems too. Yeah. Like sometimes he has to lay in the floor and elevate his legs and put a towel, like roll a towel up and lay his neck on it. Right. And he goes to the chiropractor and stuff. And I was like, wow, this guy, <laughs> he's he's lying on his boot. So now I always bring a pillow, but I'm still searching. But you don't always bring a pillow. Well, I always bring multiple. Well, tell the whole story here because okay. I know how you backpack. I've gone with you enough times now to know. I bring a Trekology, like the the first generation Trekology pillow to put between my knees because I'm a side sleeper. Right. And every night at home, I sleep with a pillow between my knees. And, and a lot of that's from you losing all your weight. Yeah. When, so I, I lost like 100 pounds, and I never had a problem. I still slept the same way, but I never had a problem with my legs, like my knees pushing together. And right. I think they're just kind of bony now. And so <laughs> it, my knees are real bony. There's no yeah, cushion there. I got you. So whenever I lie on the bed, my knees are, I don't. they're not really rubbing against each other, but it hurts. So you're basically so, an old man in your 20s. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so I bring that air up pillow to put between my knees. I still haven't figured it out in the hammock, though. I'm still working on that. Uh, I kind of lay do you in the side sleep? Position. Do you side sleep in the in the hammock? <sighs> I don't know, dude. You still figured it out? I'm still figuring it out. I went on a like a, like by myself, walk five minutes into the woods, set up the hammock right. the other day, like 20 minutes from the house. And... I think the trees were too close together. Like Andy, Sheil, I put um, the hammock, the trees were too far apart whenever I went with them. And right, so I was like, right. I'm going to put them closer together. But I think they're only like, I don't know, 16 feet or something. And I have a 12-foot hammock. And I just think they were too close. So, so I got like working. a couple feet on either side of the hammock, basically. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Or maybe it was a little farther. But I definitely need like a happy in-between. Right. So I kind of slept in the fetal position. Then I wake up and lie on my back and stick the pillow different places. And if it's wintertime, I really don't want to take two pillows because your backpack's so heavy already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't take. You can't go ultra light in the wintertime. No. So 
Which you're is, an ultralight backpacker. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, you're, you're ultralight. <laughs> We've talked about this before. So I had this Thermarest, like, compressible pillow, too. It's not the perfect pillow, but it works. I have the same one. Yeah. I'm still looking for one more comfortable. I really want one that's just like I'm, one at home. I'm going to tell you, dude. Nemo Philo Pillow. I want to try that. I've got one. You can look at one today. Yeah. I, I bought another one. I told you I lost mine down in Florida. Mm-hmm. I bought another I one. I saw your video. Yeah, man. I was so excited when that thing <laughs> came in. I, I used my uh, my um, my REI discount. Like you get that one 20% discount yeah. thing. Most people buy these huge items and stuff. I bought a pillow. I bought some shoes, man. I bought, I bought a pillow <laughs> with my with my discount. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I'm not ashamed. I'm telling you, the most underappreciated <laughs> thing about like uh, backpacking is having a good night's sleep. I'm telling you, it's a your good recharge. night's sleep makes the next day better. When you can when you can go to sleep and sleep well and wake up the next day ready. Yes. Your muscles feel better. Your back feels better. I mean, you you need your knees. You need your back. Yeah, I mean and your the, mental clarity too. Yeah, and mental clarity is huge, and your ankles, like those yes. four things. If if those are good in the morning, you're you're gonna kill it. Yeah. If any one of those is out of whack, you're screwed. Yeah. It I makes mean, really everything are. harder. Yeah, it does. So, I, I want to try that one. I also want to try that Sea to Summit one. You, Just do the Nemo. Just don't even worry about it. You once you once you try the Nemo, it's not ultralight, but it doesn't matter. It's inflatable, right? It's inflatable, but in my hammock, I don't even inflate it. Usually it there because it's it's got a foam pad that's about an inch thick. So I've been so the other night what I did was um, I used my puffy. I actually bring uh, in the winter time. It wasn't really winter, but the low was like thirty, right, twenty nine degrees or something. So yeah. I was like, I need layers, right. So whenever I'm sitting right at camp, I'll put on that ghost whisper as like my first layer over my base layer. Okay, and then I'll put on a heavier North Face puffy. And then if I need it, my rain jacket. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I kind of balled one of those up. You can zip it up and you can pack it into its hood and that makes a little pillow. Okay. Yeah. And so if I don't have room or it's too, my backpack's already too heavy when it's cold, I will just use one of those as a pillow. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's what I did, but I did not have a great night's sleep. Yeah. I, the Nemo Philo, and, and the cool thing with the Nemo Philo too is there's a, there's a little loop on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And I've made a little like uh, paracord thing where I can hook hook it to the back of my hammock so that it doesn't slide down when I go to bed at night. It's like, you know, how when you sit up, your pillow just slides right down your back. Yeah. Well, I've got it hooked up to a piece of paracord where it doesn't go anywhere. Man. It just stays right there. And dude, I'm telling you, I never feel better than when I sleep in that hammock using that pillow. I have to figure it out, man. We're going to have to we're going to have to introduce you to, to the Nemo pillow. Definitely. I, one thing that confuses me about the hammock or maybe I just discovered it. It's like a black hole, man. Whenever, <laughs> <laughs> whenever something like I lost a glove in there, I've lost a couple of socks. That's I, hilarious. You find them whenever you're about to pack up, right? Right. But it's like they disappear, man. Anything that slides down next to you, I, it's I just keep, gone. And in the wintertime, you can't keep stuff hanging up above you like like you normally can. Yeah. Like in the summertime, you're, it's not going to get cold enough. You, I mean, everything just sits up in this little pocket on my on my. Ridgeline up there, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like there's there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Just stuff slides down. Um, I've I've woken up in the middle of the night and not realized like I had my water filter yeah. in with me in a Ziploc bag and because I didn't want it to freeze. And it fell down under my butt. And so halfway through the night, my right cheek was so sore and I couldn't figure out what the <laughs> heck was going on. 
And so I reach underneath, and that, I'd been sleeping with my butt on top of that water filter Ooh, the whole night, like a man. pressure point. Oh, it hurt. And luckily, I, I mean, I got it out and went back to sleep, and I was fine. But, yeah, so stuff just falls all the time. That's just normal. That's yeah. part of the hammock life? That's, part, that's hammock life, man. Hammock life. <laughs> now, one of the downfalls, I'll dude. T- I'll tell you, I want one of these these uh, top quilt companies Yeah. to make a pocket that sits right above your chest where you can put all your stuff to keep it warm and it just lays on top and you don't have to worry about losing it. Dude. Like with, with just like a little Velcro or a zipper or something, you know, just anything that would keep That would just your... be just in. Chad, UGQ. Guys. Oh, here we go. Guys, I'm throwing you a bone here. This is this is major. Like it doesn't even have to weigh anything because it can be just a thin piece of fabric yes. that just holds stuff inside the quilt right above your chest. Because then in the wintertime, your water filter stays warm, your phone can sit in there and it doesn't drain the battery, your battery charger doesn't get all jacked up. Like, I'm telling you guys, this is gold. Whoever hears it first, you better patent this because I'm hooking you all up. Hammock gear, UGQ, enlightened equipment, all you guys, I'm telling you. You need to make this happen. I'm going to text Chad and ask him if, uh, and then while we're on air, we'll see if he texts back. Ask him if that's a possibility in the future. Because I'll tell you right now, after I did a through hike for a month with this exact same sleeping bag. Right. My Nemo Disco 15 degree. Yeah. And did not know it. It has one of those little pockets on the front. Uh, whenever Bridget and I were shopping for our sleeping bags for cold weather. Yeah. We specifically were looking for that feature because I was like, we need to stick our water filter in there. It's going to be cold on our foothills um, through hike, which is only like five or six days. I was like, on, we need- only five or six days. Yeah. Most <laughs> people hear that and they're like, um, I'm good with one night. You know, <laughs> that's the way Bridget was. Yeah, too. that's how a lot of people are. <laughs> so we were, I was like, Bridget, we need to get sleeping bags. It has this little pocket. And she was like, okay. And so hers did, and I was like, I cannot find one that I, that fits my needs, uh, long, wide, with plenty of room for me to like move my legs around and stuff. And dude, I'm I'm talking like two or three weeks ago, I found it after having that thing for like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so the feature was there the whole time. It was there. The you just didn't know time. about it. Never used it, and I I would put my my little um, saw your squeeze in a Ziploc bag and throw it in the foot box. Right. And then, you know, sometimes the bag comes open, your feet get wet. But here's one of the problems I, I see with putting that on the outside of the quilt. And this is what I'm going to ask Chad. See, I know, wouldn't put it on the outside. I put it on the inside. Oh, put it on the I'm inside. I'm talking about on the inside, uh, like oh, against your chest. okay. I started to say, because the outside, sometimes like there'll be frost and stuff on your yeah, bag. Yeah, no, no, no. So. I'm saying on the inside. So when you open that bag up, there's that pocket right there. I'm going to ask him if they can do it. Because, I mean, it's it's laying on top of your chest. It's not really going to bother you. Yeah. And and it's going to stay warm from What's, your body temperature, and you've got all the warmth from the rest of the bag. So, I mean, wouldn't it just make sense to have something like that available? I wonder if the chest is the optimal place to put it, though. I think it would be more comfortable at my feet, even though it would be inconvenient. But if you have... You I was going to say, if you want there. easy access to stuff, though, like if it's your phone and your power charger and Why stuff Why not like do that, both, dude? Why not do? You know, you're not wrong about that. That's a great idea. <laughs> if if you are on YouTube watching this, did you just genius over here? I'm telling you, there's a reason he teaches our youth. There's a reason our youth our youth have good teachers. So I'm gonna text him. I'm gonna text him. Please do that. See if he wants to be on the podcast real quick. All right. See if he's got time to talk to us because uh, we could grill him a little bit on this. Okay, so let's get back to what we we're talking about. You you brought up something about being comfortable on the on the trail, yeah. but you brought up an item that I think is way underrated on the trail, and that's the rain jacket. 
I think that is a very powerful layer. I think I think the rain jacket may be the most important layer you bring Why? when you're on the trail. Um, for one, it keeps you dry when it rains. That's obvious. But also, when it's cold out, you put the raincoat over your jacket. If you've got a really good warm jacket and you put a raincoat over it, it adds degrees, man. It adds degrees because it keeps everything out. And it's a windbreaker. Uh, it's it's just, to me, the raincoat, if you don't take a raincoat with you, especially in cold weather, uh-huh. you're crazy. When we went to Michigan for the hammock hang, I had my puffy on, but it was like, it was my, it was my uh, nano puff or whatever it's called. It was yeah. really not really it's that like warm of a jacket. Yeah, it's a light one. Yeah. Um, and I put my raincoat over. I never even got chilly the entire time. So I watched Bryce Newbold's video recently. And uh, Chad... <laughs> You want to read this? I do want to read this. What does it say? I can put a pocket on anything. <laughs> anything. I want to say, like, on the inside. See if he wants to be on the podcast real quick. Text right. him and just say, hey, Chad, do you want to you be an impromptu member of our podcast for a second? I'm going to say, you available <laughs> for a quick call to be on our podcast for a sec? That would be awesome. Well, this has never happened before. We've never done the podcast and just randomly called somebody. This is a, uh, this is a first. I'll, I'll t- uh, yeah, I'll ask him. That'd be awesome. I don't if know he does if you're it. able to hook up the phone. Oh, it's right there, man. It's just you just hook up and we're good. Okay. So anyway, I think uh, when we're talking about rain jackets, I watched Bryce's new Bryce Newbold's video. It was a really good video. Yeah, he, how to hike in the rain. Mm-hmm. He had two videos in a row where he talked a little bit about. He had one video where it was just like a vlog. And he talked a little bit about hiking with the rain, the rain jacket. Stuff. Right. This next video is completely dedicated to it. I would highly suggest checking it out because it'll make your experience in the rain more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and in the cold. I mean, I really believe like I believe the rain jacket is one of those things that just really. Oh, is he good? He said, sure. Oh, dude, plug in. Let's let's get. OK, we're going to we're going to change subjects here. We're going to talk to UGQ's own <laughs> Chad Houghton. Houghton. How do you he won't tell me how to pronounce his name. Do you know that? Really? I've asked him and he he he, he tells me it's Hogton. But I know for a fact that's not it. So we'll see. Let's see what happens here. And he answers, Chad, Chad Houghton, Houghton, Chad Hoot, Chad. How do you say your last name? Houston. <laughs> I told you. No, I told you. I told you he was going to do that to you. So. Chad, for you listen, Chad never tells you his name. He doesn't. But it's it's Houghton is what he said earlier because of Houghton Lake. Was that right? Yeah, it sounds accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chad, UGQ, we have an idea, and this is kind of a JKJS combo here. And we're talking on the podcast about comfort, staying comfortable on trail, and we got to, you always have to keep in the cold weather, if it's below freezing, you always have to keep your filter and your batteries, your phone, that kind of stuff, in your sleeping bag or quilt. So JK's idea is why don't we put a pocket on the inside of a quilt on your chest? And I say, dude, that's not going to be very comfortable because it's going to be lying on your chest. Why not put it in the foot box? So then we're like, why don't we just do it on both? So I want to hear your take on this. Would you be able to make a um, a top quilt that has a little pouch or maybe a little zipper part or even Velcro or something 
that you could put your water filter or your phone or batteries inside your quilt with you instead of just like throwing it in a bag and into the foot box. So the question is, would you be able to? Yeah, would you be able to? And would you ever, even if it was just for one person? Because I know you're running a business and y'all have to make money or you go out of business. So the answer to the first question is yes, we definitely could, could do it. Um, and to answer the second question, could we do it um, as a customer request? I mean, absolutely, we do kind of unique customer requests all the time. Um, I mean, you know, really, it'll just come down to, to anything like it does for most people. You know, what's going to work for you out on the trail? For me personally, I wouldn't have any need for a pocket in my quilt, but other people clearly you guys have thought about this much more extensively than i have well uh, just just as as a point of maybe reference due to the fact that i have a little bit more experience on the trail than you. <laughs> oh, listen, well, listen to him. As, as a point of reference you have to understand like like jeremiah and i don't like wearing apparel when sleeping at night and so i don't want to have to wear something that's gonna have a pocket in it because i don't want to sleep in all that stuff at night i have slept nude wow that went that went there. <laughs> Due to chafing. Due to chafing? Yes. Well there is there is a pocket that I'm not gonna go into great detail with when you're nude that you could oh. put your water filter to keep warm. <laughs> it's right next to your femoral artery. Blood is ninety six degrees. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but what about in the quilt? Can we do it in the quilt? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would be be something that, I mean, it depends on, you know, how big you're talking. You're talking for just a small um, Sawyer filter. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like to put a uh, an algae bottle with hot water, you know, in their quilt with them. Um, you know, I mean, a, a pocket of that size could, could be something as simple as a snap-on pocket, you know, that you, you can snap on and snap mm-hmm. off. So take it off in the summertime um, and then snap it on in the wintertime so you got a little internal pocket. He's a freaking genius, dude. Listen to this guy. This is why he runs. Yeah. This is why he's running the production through UGQ. Because he has these ideas. That's, that's why we're, we're glad we know him. And we and you can buy this idea from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I already have a guy sewing it right now. Oh, oh no. Man. <gasps> oh. So, so okay, so let me ask you this, man. We, we You talked about the pocket thing, which, I mean, that's just a side thing, but... Uh, in all seriousness, you guys are pretty shut down in Michigan, aren't you? Yeah, we've been closed down for about four weeks. Um, our latest executive order extended it all the way through April 30th. Um, however, I do. I have a, a really close friend of mine who works for our local hospital. He's actually the supply chain manager up there. So I had uh, reached out to him and asked if there was any need for the hospital, you know, for masks or gowns or anything like that, and he basically told me that they, so our local hospital system um, actually has five hospitals in Southern Michigan. And right now they were using about 12,000 isolation gowns a day between the five hospitals. Wow. wow. Um, so he, when he, when I first talked to him, he had told me that they were only about 10 days away from being totally out of gowns and they couldn't buy them anywhere. Like just totally sold out across the nation. Um, so we, uh, I met with one of the lead directors at their hospital, gave her a fabric sample of using our actual cell poly tart material because um, they need, it needed to be waterproof. So I met with her. She took it back to the hospital. They ran all their tests on it. 
Um, we made our first prototype uh, a little over a week and a half ago. Um, and I think yesterday or the day before, they placed their first order for 1,000 gallons. Um, and then there was another hospital in New Mexico, I think, is going to be ordering another 2,000 gallons. And then a couple of local clinics here ordering 100 to 200 gallons at a time. So wow, um, that's allowing us to bring all of our staff back in. Um, and actually had things kind of prepared and ready for when the shutdown is lifted. And honestly, we might even have a whole nother branch of UGQ developed by that. Who knows? Wow. That's crazy, man. That's incredible. So I know you've been, you said you've been shut down for a while, haven't you? Yeah, almost four weeks. So will this allow you guys to open up so that you can make these gowns? Yeah. Yep. So we'll be, uh, we've got half our staff there working right now. Um, but we'll be fully staffed again starting next week. So, Oh, wow. And tell everybody where you're located at, by the way. Jackson, Michigan. Okay. Cause I know different States are on different timelines for this whole COVID thing. And I think Michigan has been hit pretty hard, you know, compared to some of the other States around the U S like New York, New Jersey. Yeah. I think we're super hard, but I think we're either number four, or number five on the list. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. That's well, crazy. I mean, that's great, though, that um, y'all are able to help out. And I know, like, um, I've seen Ben McMillan. He's got Hilltop Packs. He's been, like, sewing masks for people local, just like citizens. Almost 5,000 masks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the cloth mask. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible that we got the backpacking community coming together and just helping helping people. Well, yeah, I mean, otherwise we would have, you know, 10 sewing machines just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. Who – so – I'm curious because, um, you know, they released this huge stimulus package or whatever. Do you know who, like, is it state governments that are placing the orders to pay for this stuff? Or is it federal? Or, like, or is there some kind of reimbursement? How's all that work, if you're comfortable? So it's, it's federal, um, and the way that they're running it is, I'm sure you've seen the numbers, but, it's you know, a person who makes less than $75,000 gets a $1,200 check. If they're married, they get a $2,400 check and then $500 per kid. Sure. Um, as long as their household income is under 150 or 190, I can't remember what it was. Um, now, the way that they're the, – the, the part of the stimulus package that most people haven't seen is the repayment plan for the stimulus package. And so um, when you get your check, that money is actually reimbursed back to the federal government when they take it out of your 2020 federal tax return. Really? Yep. So if you're, let's say your normal federal tax return is $5,000 and you got a stimulus check for $4,000, your federal tax return for 2020 is going to be $1,000. I did not know that. Yeah, it's in the fine print. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a way to repay it. And that's basically what they're using to do it is the federal tax return. It's like an advancement, if you will. Basically. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, let me ask you this. Um, this is totally serious. Um, have you have you taken time during this whole pandemic and during this whole quarantine time to troll Dan Becker? <laughs> you know what's interesting is me and Dan, I think, have only talked one time since this all has went down. Really? Oh, wow. And it was actually it was actually right at the very beginning. Well, you got to remember, right before the lockdown happened, I just bought a house. Right. So busy the, the first Monday, the first Monday that we went on lockdown, um, or that they announced the lockdown that was going to be starting the, the next day on Tuesday, 
Uh, I left work, drove to my old house and told my wife and kids like, Hey, we're packing up and moving right now. So I ended up spending that whole day and the following day moving our entire house by myself. Um, I mean, my wife helped obviously, but, um, moved our entire house because I didn't want to be locked down at our old house when I had a brand new house sitting here that I just bought. Right. So my last four weeks has been spent, obviously, you know, I've been doing some things for work and the hospital contracts and all that stuff, but most of it's been spent at the new house, um, getting things set up here and my sewing station set up here and, you know, obviously the whole house put together and whatnot. So I've not, yeah, we, he, he tried FaceTiming me a couple of days ago when I missed it and I tried FaceTiming him right back, like literally 30 seconds later. And he was like, sorry, can't talk right now. And then I never heard from him again. Wow. I'm sure everybody's so, super busy. Yeah. Taking care of their family, keeping them safe, doing what they can. Or watching The Office. <laughs> yeah. That's, I need to be watching The Office. I haven't been doing that. <laughs> See, the thing is for me, you know what I do for a living uh, and, and my job is actually like doubled since this happened. Um, I'm actually videotaping and or video editing worship services for my church. And I'm doing that for like hours. I think I'm at, at added almost 15 hours to my week working on this stuff. So I actually have less free time now than, and so when everybody's like, Hey, let's just go do this. Let's talk online. Let's do, I'm, I'm just kind of not, nah, can't do it. Got to work. Yeah. So I know for Jeremiah being a teacher, it was kind of like that at first. Yeah. It's a lot of front front end work just like trying to figure stuff out but i exclusively went online too like no one i mean i can't be in person with kids yeah yeah it's 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 been a, a pretty unique um environment that it's created you know across the nation it's just you know you go out you go out in town and you just see like all the parking lots totally empty i mean there's still a lot of cars on the road but everything's just like empty and you're like where is everyone even going because you can't go into any restaurants you can't go now in michigan um you can't even buy non-essential goods so like you can't wow. go into your local hardware store and buy a bag of mulch it's not it's not essential unless you have a a letter, an official letter stating that you're an essential worker and that this is for an essential project. Like you have to have all this documentation to even go into stores. Wow. That's Crazy. definitely more locked down than Kentucky right now. Like we still, all of our Lowe's are still open and hardware stores and things like that. Yeah. Um, like Kroger. Yeah, ours are too, but they, they have a limit on what you can actually buy in the store. Yeah. It has to be labeled as an essential good. We don't have any limits on like what you can buy. There's nothing roped off in any of the stores, but they are only letting in a number. Like I don't know what the it's math like 150 is. people or something like that in well, Lowe's. My Walmart's 500 people. I asked them because I went like I was going to take the dogs on an overnighter, and I was like, I gotta get something to put in the floor of the tent to keep them from tearing it. I was like, I'm just gonna do some drop cloth or something. And I went in there like as soon as it opened, like a half an hour after it opened, and they were like counting people going in. I was like, How many people's allowed in here? She's like five hundred. I said, "How many's in here?" She said, "One hundred eighty-nine." I was like, "Oh yeah," but now you have to like wait in line and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's how. So, like our uh, one of our local grocery stores, they have all the aisles inside the store labeled as one way. So you have to go up and down the aisles and, wish, and up and basically like in a one-way direction so that people aren't crossing each other. People are definitely well. Some like at at some some smaller stores like IGA and stuff. They have a like they have it taped off in six foot section. So if somebody's already in that six foot section, you're not allowed in it. Like you have to keep a blank section right. between you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's smart though. The one way thing. I wish they would do that in our our Kroger down here in Nicholasville yeah. because uh, people will be on top of each other, and they are. Like <laughs> I had to, I had to go to get stuff the other day because um, we did a grocery order and half of our items they didn't have. Yeah. So I actually had to go in and find everything myself, and uh, yeah, I mean people just like rubbing up against each other. I mean, it's crazy. You would think that people wouldn't do that, but that's exactly what's happening right now. So well, we got a lot of yeah. Our, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say our grocery pickups are booked all the way through May right now. Wow. Gosh, that's crazy. The ours are like a four or five day wait. Tomorrow's my grocery shopping day. I, I always shop on the 30th and the 15th. So my wife and I both get paid and I'm kind of dreading it. So <laughs> you can, you actually shop like twice a month and that's it. Yeah, Dang. You just go like you buy everything for a couple of weeks, and then you're you're good. See That's now, impressive. when I I have a family of six, so we can go every week and spend five hundred dollars, and we still have to go every week and spend yeah. five hundred dollars. Yeah, we, we got do. a family of four, and it's the same thing. It's like it, it's like if we don't go at least once a week, we're in trouble. Wow. Yeah, so. the only time that we can go every two weeks is if we go to like a Costco or something. We do. Uh, we like on the fifteenth. I'll go get two hundred dollar, like two one hundred dollar bills out of the bank. Uh, yeah, out of the bank, and then that's our grocery money for that two weeks. Wow! But there's yeah, only that's two. That's like of taking us. my family out to dinner once. That's crazy <laughs> man! I'd have to get a different job. Yeah, you would. Have to come work for you, man. I don't know if I want the restrictions well, in Michigan right now, though. That's pretty insane. Yeah, I'd only pay you like twelve dollars an hour anyway. <laughs> Well, and, and honestly, you don't you haven't seen what it looks like when Jeremiah tries to sew. So I don't know if you'd want to hire him either. So <laughs> last time I tried well, to sew. Well, plus with these ideas that he keeps coming up with, I mean, I don't know if we got any room for you. <laughs> you'd have like you'd have quilts that were all different shapes and weird color combinations, and I'd make everything no, long wide. There'd be like every, pockets and radios would be Kentucky and Kentucky blue. Everything, everything, <laughs> Kentucky made, blue. Yeah, man, I was going to tell you that under quilt that you made me. It Kentucky blue, and I think the other side's black. I can't remember, but sick, dude, sick. I took it for a single night the other night, thirty degrees. I'm still still trying to figure out the whole hammock game. Uh, J.K. and I talked a little bit about it previously before we got you, you know, on the call here. But I don't know. The underquilt is legit. I just got to figure out how to pitch my hammock right. I guess the angles and that kind of stuff, the distance between the trees, the tension. I showed him your little uh, gun finger thing. What size hammock do you have? It's a 12 foot. And you're what? Eight foot? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you might need a longer hammock. No, dude, I don't get like any calf ridge or anything. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just inexperienced. I I don't think I've spent more than seven nights in a hammock in my life. So, I figure. Well, I know that we're. We're hopefully we're still doing the Michigan hang this year. So if we can get all you guys back up here, I'll give you a full tutorial. That would be amazing. I still have to sleep. And you only have to wait like eight or nine months for that. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. What what month was that hammock hang? I think it was October. Yeah, nice and cold. Yep. Although I'm pretty sure Dan will be too big time to come show up to those little events. (laughs) Surely not. I don't know. He had a lot of fun at that one. He did, man. I love seeing like people wanting to meet. A lot him. of fun hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing. Him. He's like doesn't know what to do. I'd love to see a repeat of that. Oh man, that was fun. Like, but see now, now he's absorbing all the the fandom. 
like when we went on that uh, hike up and well, JK was there. Dan was just soaking up that guy that stopped to say that he recognized him from YouTube, and Dan was just <laughs> eating it up. <laughs> that was a fun. Tri- that was the weirdest backpacking trip, by the way, that I've ever been a part of. For for people listening, you mean the greatest. Maybe both. It might be both. <laughs> but uh, there was a, a huge group. It was like eight of us on this trip to some of the worst like backpacking area on the planet, I think. But uh, we went up and met up with, with a bunch of other backpackers and uh, we ended up eating out at a restaurant the one night and there was no plate like there. You couldn't find wood out there by the campsite. And we ended up going to a great gas station to buy our firewood and then bring it back to our campsite. <laughs> Buying firewood, I mean, man. we were roughing it during this trip. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we bought probably about a total of 20 bundles of wood. On oh, that yeah. Trip. Did you burn it all? Yeah. Yeah, Andy Schill made sure that we burned yeah, it Yeah, Andy had us a, a 20-footer going the second night. Oh, yeah, the second night. It was it was funny hearing the Schill brothers argue because Kevin's going, that's enough wood, and Andy's like, there's never enough. And he just kept <laughs> putting more and more and more on top of it, and, and the fire just got huge that night. It was hilarious. I like a big fire, man. You would have had one that night. It was almost a bonfire. Dude, it was pretty cold. It did, it did get pretty cold. It did. Yeah, it, was, it, was nice. it was down in the 20s, I think. I can't believe that Andy was your fire guy. I can't believe it. I don't want to hate on Andy, but I'm telling you, last time I went backpacking with him. Kevin and Andy both. I saw Kevin starting. Yeah. But Andy, I was like, he sit, he just sat there in his chair next to the fire. I was like, hey, man, let's go gather some more firewood. And he made like one trip with us. Then he come down. He sat there. He had his, uh, <laughs> did he bring his puffy pants? Yeah. He sat down in those. He's like, can't move much, man. Got my down pants on. Don't want to rip them. <laughs> <laughs> sat down in that nice. chair next to the fire. Just sat there. Uh, it's good times, man. Yeah. I wish we could I'm all go out right now. Yeah, that was the trip. That was the trip where we were eating on the side of the road. Like we we all stopped on the side of the road to eat our, our lunch. And this car comes by real slowly and looks at all of us, then stops, backs up and parks. And this guy walks over and he goes, I don't know who the rest of you guys are, but I know who you are. He did and not points say at Dan. That. He points at Dan and Dan gets up and uh like got pictures with him and had him in his video and all this kind of stuff because he recognized Dan from his YouTube videos. So, see the thing about the thing about Dan is oh, he waits until he waits until after the moment already passes and then makes you go back and redo it. So like somebody will say something funny and everyone laughs and then Dan's like, wait, 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 I wasn't filming. Go back and say that again. <laughs> he does not. And then you do go back that. and say it again and everyone just stares at you and you're like, wow, that wasn't funny at all. <laughs> Yeah, he he did that with the Girl Scout cookie guy, didn't he? He does that with everyone. I uh, see. I don't remember like, the other parts. I just remember the Girl Scout running. cookie part was there. So that that was funny. Like this guy just drives up randomly, and he stops and he he goes, "Hey, are you guys hiking the Ice Age Trail?" We're like, "Yeah." He goes, "He goes, you guys want some Girl Scout cookies?" And like had boxes and boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Chad tried to steal mine. He tried to take them from me. Yeah, and then and then Dan tells him, he's like, "Wait, wait, wait, go back over there, say it all again." I'm gonna film it. No, did he reshoot? Oh, he it? did. Yeah, he made the guy say it over again. You don't understand. Everybody reshot that. Every one of us that got the video that was from the reshoot that Dan directed. <laughs> the guy's a good videographer, man. Yeah, he is professional. Yeah, except he makes the people that are are having to repeat themselves feel like idiots. <laughs> 
Chad, Chad. <laughs> Hot take from Chad Houghton. Houghton. I love it. Houghton. 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 Oh, man. That's great. Dan, man. don't scare me. <laughs> I'm going to make sure he listens to this. I Joe Robinette, so. That's true. That's true. Yes. Are you going back out with him at any point? Can no, you say? I, I actually, uh, I talked to him a couple weeks ago on the phone. We talked for like an hour. He was telling me what was going on up in the old Canada. Um, and that he was on his way to buy a firearm just because he didn't know what was going to happen. And he was going, he was you know, telling me about all kinds of craziness that was happening. Now, at the time when I talked to him, it wasn't that bad here in Michigan. And then like the next week, it got really bad here in Michigan. And But part of the problem for him is that he can't upload videos from his house because he doesn't have strong enough internet. So he has to drive an hour in town to upload his videos. Really? The problem was that everything in his town was closed, so he couldn't upload any videos. Uh, I saw his video on that. He was yep, talking. So I told him, I was like, well, I was like, you could just email me your SD card and then I'll upload it for you. Oh. Which he laughed and then got real quiet. And I'm like, dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't actually have you send me your SD card. <laughs> he, yeah, he was like, uh, I, I don't know. I guess he lives pretty good in the back country because he's all bushcrafty and stuff. He's talking about how slow his internet is. And he's like, he could, he could try to upload an hour video because his videos are long. He's yeah. like, it would take him multiple days. I was like, oh my god, yeah. You know? Well, he's got that whole like shelter area he built in the woods behind his house and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's crazy. Yep. So he'll he'll get it all edited and then he'll have to drive into town. Um, I think he said it's like a local McDonald's or something. He'll sit there and then upload it. Man, you would never think because he's over a million subs. You would think that like he's he's got like a hundred hundred megs upload speed all yeah. the time, but no, it's different in every part of the world. I hear Australia like their internet really sucks too. Like people will be YouTube full time and will leave that country just so that they can have better internet. Really, mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. No. Yeah, well, I mean, even in certain parts of Michigan, like my where my new house is, that's way out in the country, and I don't have the only options for internet was a four G. Uh, cell tower or satellite internet. Oh, satellite's so, terrible. Um, I, I used to actually install satellite internet, so I already knew how terrible it was, so I opted for the 4G, which, I mean, I can stream perfectly fine and do all my normal internet usage, but if I was to try to upload anything, I wouldn't be able to do it here. Where do you, you do it at the shop then, or you will be doing yeah, it at the shop? Yeah, I mean, my shop, my the, the shop's actually only uh, four minutes down the road from where I'm at, so. Oh, you can buy a bicycle and ride it there. Never going to happen. <laughs> Not even on a good day? I would drive a golf cart down there. Hey, there you go, four-wheeler. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Get a golf no, cart. just a golf cart, low and slow. <laughs> <laughs> you going to get like a horn on it? Probably a train horn. There you go. That's what you need, man. He's not from the South, man. Ah, yeah, that's true. He's not from the South. Mission, also... Mission. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but my new house has a very large in-ground pool, so I'll have to get you up here this summer for a pool party. Dude. That's not a bad idea. That's all. I Actually, I'm supposed to be in Michigan in July if it works out. I'm supposed to be going to like this music thing and meet up with all my friends from the Long Trail. So we'll be up there for like 
I don't know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, even if that thing doesn't happen, doesn't mean you can't go up to Michigan and visit Chad. That's right. Or yeah. I could have the best yeah, boat. Here's the thing: I also have a 14 foot fishing boat. So, hey, and there's a lot of good lakes around. Now, here. now that that just piqued my interest right there. Swimming pools are cool, but fishing boats are even better. I like them both. Fishing more. I like fishing. Oh more. yeah. Well, yeah. we'll go fishing. We'll go fishing. Actually, we'll spend the first part of the day in the pool, and then about five o'clock, when it starts getting a little cooler out, we'll hit the lake. Ah, there we go. Yeah, fish till dark. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking and, about. Got, so, and uh, Jeremiah, you don't know Chandler, but J.K. met him on the last trip. He lives. Uh, he lives about four minutes from me as well. He's got the same size fishing boat, so we usually tag team all the lakes around here. So nice. There you go. You ever enter any tournaments? Never. I just started fishing last year. Really? No, huh. not really. I was gonna say. I'm like, I'm going, there's no way that can't be right. I'm like, he's like, no way. Went from never fishing to owning a boat. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I, I started to start fishing last year, so I bought a huge boat. Actually, I inherited the boat from my uh, from my grandpa. He he's still alive, but he's not he's not been able to get out the last few years. So. Um, and he, where he moved, he couldn't store the boat. So I ended up storing at my house like the last five years. And then a couple of years ago, he told me just to, that it was mine and uh, he was never going to get back out on it. So I semi restored it and it's got an 18 horse motor on it. So it's a 14 foot aluminum fishing boat with an 18 horse motor. Um, so when I'm in it by myself, it stands straight up in the air. I have to put weights in the front of the boat if I go by myself just to keep it from sinking itself. Wow. That's Dude, crazy. We got um, Lake Cumberland down here and apparently has more shoreline than Florida, which I don't believe, but that's what they say. Gigantic Lake. We always get the Ohio Navy coming down here every summer. They're out on their houseboats and stuff. People don't know. Like if you haven't been out on boats, man, it is a blast. Yeah, it is. I saw um, like I got a friend that also has pretty good boat. And they were clocking ducks, as in, like, seeing how fast the ducks were flying. Clock one at, like, mm. 50 miles an hour the other day. Flying, like, the boat yeah. driving alongside this flying duck. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, ducks are fast. Especially <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, man. Yeah, my uh, my so my fourteen foot aluminum fishing boat that without the motor weighs probably fifty pounds, fifty to seventy five pounds. The whole boat, um, I can get that going by myself. I can get it going about thirty five miles an hour. Oh my god, is that safe? Doesn't matter. No, not even a little. <laughs> safe and fun don't have to be in the same sentence. It's not important. <laughs> I've taken it on a couple larger lakes where there's like heavy boat traffic, and they get you know some really big waves on it. Um, I had my wife and my, uh, was it my daughter? Yeah, I think it was my wife and my daughter on it last summer. And we got the whole boat out of the water because I was full throttle and hit a pretty large, like three foot wave and it launched us. We landed, but oh we gosh. came totally out of the water. Like the whole boat was airborne, landed. And obviously I shut the motor down immediately because all of us were, I was probably screaming the loudest. <laughs> uh, I thought it was my daughter, but it was actually me. Shook. Wow. It was pretty pretty terrifying, but I would definitely do it again. Yeah. Like I said, safe and fun don't have to be in the same sentence. Count me in on this trip, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Well, I know we, we uh, you know, the, the hope for the Michigan hang was to make it like 
you know, all of the people um, that UGQ has become friends with over, you know, last several years, YouTubers and just collective businesses, anyone that we can get to come, you know, whether it's Dream Hammock or Chris over at Light AF, um, whoever we can get, we want it to be kind of like a, you know, not just a hang that we have local people, but kind of a, a community thing, like a backpacking community where we get as many people that we have contacts with to come to this hang um, and make that kind of like the new regular tradition. Um, Cause we're actually officially taking the hang back over this year where we haven't run it for the last couple of years. So, so we're going to try to get as many people up. Um, but this summer uh, we did, we wanted to plan a pool party over at my house and bring, you know, all the YouTubers and anyone that wants to come to come hang out for a pool party. So that'd be awesome. We'll, we'll try to schedule dates that work for everyone. Dude, I, I'm telling you, I could not have been more happy on that cold rainy night when we pulled in and set up we come over to the tent and you had those hot dogs Oh man! with the chili and the sliced cheese. I was like, this is the best hot yeah, that's dog all, I've ever that's had. all Paul. He's the, he's the head chef. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah, it was nice too because we were we were freezing when we got there and everything was soaking wet and there's brats just waiting. And I'll tell you who else you can count in for one of those type of trips. Miyagi. Oh yeah, he he's all about making the gear too, dude. Yeah. yeah well, I've been I've every trip that I've gone on, whether it was with you guys or whatever, I wish that Miyagi was there because I we I definitely had a blast hanging out with him at the Michigan hang. So I'd like to get some more. I mean, obviously this whole shutdown thing screwed up a lot of things because I was supposed to go on a trip with Dan and Chandler at the beginning of April um, that we had to obviously kibosh. But I definitely would like to get some more trips on the books with everyone that I know. You got any idea on what your um, lead times are going to be whenever you get back to normal? That's mm, hard to say because we're still getting a crazy amount of orders that are coming in and we haven't shipped any for four and a half weeks. So yeah, we're, right. we're probably going to be north of 12 weeks. Yeah. I mean, but everybody, everybody's life is kind of turned upside down. So we're all in it together. Yeah, and I think most people, you know, at this point are just preparing for fall. So that's why people are so worrying because they're figuring by the time they place an order and are able to actually get out and do anything, it's going to be fall because most people, when they go back to work, it's going to be crazy madness for the first couple months. So nobody's really thinking anything until fall at this point. That's what I'm, yeah. I'm still hoping that I can get a couple things in the summer, but the fall, I believe you're right. That's where it's going to be at. I think, I think you're going to see a lot of crowded campgrounds and, crowded trails and parks i mean it's just gonna everybody's gonna want to get out at the same time because moment it opens like everybody's going out yeah it's i think it could go either way because you gotta remember a lot of businesses and individuals are not going to be returning to work um you know nationally i know there's a lot of businesses in michigan that, that are going to be totally done after this yeah um you know because a lot of the the government funding was only for two weeks and we're on week four now so you know, most of them just didn't have the capital reserve to, you know, be able to open back up. Because you got to remember, especially if you're in the restaurant industry, all your food, you know, was basically thrown out. So they have to buy all new supplies when they go to open back up. And that takes a serious amount of capital. And most businesses, most restaurants, when they first start, they start with investors to buy all that initial inventory. But if they already had investors who are now not paid off, there's no way that they're going to get new investors um, you know, while they have pending unpaid investors, so it's going to pretty much put them in a, right. 
in a grave at that point. Yeah, basically, you're lo- especially any restaurant that started in the last year is in trouble Did because y'all? they don't have the kind of capital sitting back waiting mm-hmm. over the years they've saved up to be able to handle something like this. You're going to see a lot of these mom and pop restaurants and little shops like local shops and things like that are probably pretty screwed in the middle of this. Well, and, and, you know, Paul, obviously being the genius businessman that he is, we've, we've never taken out a loan. We've never had any investors and we've never been in debt. So going into this whole shutdown, you know, we, we definitely had, um, you know, the capital reserve to survive it. Um, you know, obviously we're going to take a hit because of it, but we're not going to go under by any means. Yeah. Which is great. Did y'all know that we don't have anyone to answer to. Yeah, that's a perfect position to be in because all these small businesses that have loans, I mean, those are still going to be due even if they're in forbearance right now. Well, and the other thing that most people don't realize is that just because your your car loan is put off for a couple months or your mortgage is put off for a couple months, most of those lenders are still going to require you. Like some of them will put it on to the end of your loan, Mm -hmm. but I know most mortgage companies are going to require all three months once this ban is lifted. Yeah. That's bad. I mean, so, they're trying to stay in business too, obviously. But yeah, and and you know, if if you're one of those people that's like, you know, hey, I don't have to pay my mortgage for three months, and then at the end of that three months, the mortgage company's like, hey, we're ready to collect our three months of payment. Right. Then those people are going to be in really bad shape, and that's the whole reason why the government's giving these stimulus checks is to pay bills, not to, you know, go out and party with it. Yeah. So, well, and you and, know, we're taking we're, we're taking ours and we're setting aside a couple mortgage payments. We're making sure any and all bills are paid and making sure that we have some savings and you know what I mean, making sure that we're set up so that when we come back, we're not behind on anything. We're not trying to play catch up. We're not in a bad situation. Right. Well, and a lot of people too, they're just they see it as, oh, look, we don't have to pay our bill, so we'll just, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll eat nicer, we'll do this better, and and they don't realize exactly. they need to be putting that money aside so that when this whole thing's over, they can recover from it. Well, here's one thing well, I think just like, about. You know, if if this is an advancement on my taxes for next year, like I try to break even on my taxes because I money has opportunity costs. So the longer it's out of my pocket, the more I lose from that. I could have invested that $1,000 over a year and made money on it or lost money, but you know, you leave it in there, some uh mutual funds and make money off of it. If if it's in the government's hands for a year, I'm losing money on that money. So I try to break even. So if they give me a $1,200 advancement on next year's tax return, I'll have to pay in. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you also have the option to let that $1,200 sit and use that to cover your tax return. There you go. You could invest yeah, I mean, that. You just don't have to touch it. It could just sit there. <laughs> That's true. You could invest it and then make money off make it. Make money off it and then give it back. Or you could lose it too, though. Yeah, I mean, $1,200 by, uh, <laughs> let's say, April of next year is going to be worth about $1,220. See, make 20 bucks. Now you can go, you can put some money towards a, uh, but a down that's also from, from uh, UGQ. On where you invest it. Yeah, that's true. And also like the economy is not great right now. Not a good time for investing. Yeah. That's yeah. That's I pulled I all my say. investments out like a month before this happened. Um, and that was mainly because I needed to come up with a down payment for my house. So I pulled what money I had invested. Um, and thankfully I did because all anything that I was invested in would have, I would have been in bad shape. Yeah, that's crazy, man. 
Well, let's 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 we're probably gonna have to wrap this up. We're actually hitting about an hour and ten minutes right now on the <laughs> on the podcast. But uh, so, real quick question: Can you give us some info for people on um, just info about UGQ, how they can get a hold of you guys, and what the what the timeline is they're looking at if they want to order something from you guys? So um, the the easiest way to get a hold of us is by email. Um, we don't, contrary to what people think, we don't have a customer service team or like, you know, people that answer our phones. It's usually either me or Paul. And we have one shop phone, which is basically just a cell phone that sits on the table. Um, but both Paul and I manage the, um, the email for the company. So whether it's him or me, we see that email come in one of us responds to it. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of us with email. Um, as far as custom orders, you know, really all that's going to kind of depend on how long this drags out, you know, how much we kind of have ready to go at the shop to hit the ground running. Um, we had probably, you know, a hundred quilts that were in various stages of production before we left. So, you know, all that kind of comes into play, but I, if I had to guess, it would be probably around anywhere from, 10 to 13, 14 week lead time once we get back. But with that being said, you know, we have rearranged the shop to make it more efficient. So hopefully our weekly output will increase by, you know, 20 to 30 quilts. So um, that lead time could come down pretty rapidly. So you, you're saying anywhere between maybe three and four months you're, you may be looking at for. From the for, time you order it to the time that yeah. it gets sent out. Yeah, Once we're I mean, as this. of right now, with my current estimate, with my current estimate, but yeah, that's all subject to tank change, which is why I think even on our website it just says that lead times will be updated, you know, as we have more information because we really just don't know. Right. Well, and one of the coolest things about UGQ is you have the UGQ TV where you can get on there <laughs> and if you see, like, I, I loved it. Like when I was waiting for my quilt, I would I would go on and I would watch what the lead times were looking like. And I would look at where my quilt was in production as far as like how far along it was and when it was coming in, when it said in production, I got on that TV and I saw them working on my quilt. I took, <laughs> I took screen captures of them working on the quilt and sent it to like Jeremiah and yeah, somebody. It's it. like, it's like guys are working on my quilt right now. And uh, that was one of my favorite things about your website is that you guys are so transparent that you, you can go in and watch your quilt being made. Actually, we had uh, considered doing an electronic system. So on the front of everyone's station, um, it shows the order number that they're working on. So when you tune into the camera, you can see exactly what order number is being worked on on each station so that you can, you know, officially be able to tell that that is your quilt. That's really cool. That's really cool. Are you going to pursue that in the future? Yeah, we're definitely going to, so right now we're, you know, we were in the process of buying a new shop before all this happens. We were going from a 2,000 square foot shop to a 10,000 square foot shop that we were going to, you know, fully deck out and kind of revamp and do all the things that we've been wanting to do, just didn't have the space to do. Um, obviously, we put that whole building project on hold, um, not off the table, but on hold. So <clears throat> depending on what happens, you know, with the hospital stuff and, you know, how long this ban goes on, we'll hopefully still be getting a new building um, where we can do all of those things that we had talked about doing. One of them being the electronic tracking system. That's really cool. That's really cool. And probably more cameras. Oh, nice. So you could pick views views and stuff like that. What's that? So you could pick the different views as to what you wanted to watch. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be on the website. It'll probably be like four cameras and you can click on each camera to see different 
spots in the shop. That's really cool. Does your employees ever say anything about it? Like, have you ever hired somebody that they're like, I don't really know about this. Maybe this is like uh, uh, something that I can't work here because he got a camera on me. No, we just tell them that they're dummy cameras to keep intruders out. <laughs> we, we don't actually tell them that they're being recorded live for all the world to see. We'll make sure we cut this part from the podcast for you so they'll never know. No, I, everyone's probably fine with it. I mean, we've never had any issues with it. We, we tell people anytime they come in for an interview, like, hey, we do have a live camera in the shop. Um, and here's why, blah, blah, blah. Don't don't scratch your butt or pick your nose while you're walking through the shop. It'll make <laughs> look bad. Um, so. That's awesome. Well, Chad, UGQ, keeping people comfortable on trail. I like it. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, dude. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, brother. <laughs> well, be safe, get healthy, and hopefully you guys will be back to work soon. I am healthy, but we will be back to work. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk All to right, you later, you, man. All right, see ya. Bye. Well, I don't think we're going to get back to our topic at this point because we're literally an hour and 15 minutes into this. So um, we may have to make this a two-parter now. No, nah, man. It's all good. We have to make this a two-parter. We have to come back. Oh, okay. I said we have to come back right. and do this again. We can do it if you want. Yeah. I think so. So, um, dude, Chad is awesome. Yeah, I always have fun with him. He's got sarcastic humor it yeah. always cracks me up yeah it's so funny and and man he just he just likes picking on dan doesn't he he him and dan are actually really good friends really good friends that's yeah. why he that's why he says and it's not so funny angry. man it is so funny because yeah. they rag on each other it's not just like oh. one gets the other it's they're, they're on each other the whole time it's really funny so well thank you so much for tuning in guys uh this was an unexpected treat for us it just kind of happened that we we got to talk to chad but uh Thank you for tuning in to the Backpacking Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you on the next go-round. Adios.